We're so excited to spend some time with you today on the Awakening Moments podcast. My name is Lori. And I am Rhonda. And it's our hope that you would feel like we are with you wherever you are right now, having a real life conversation about life in all its beauty and in all its mess. We believe that God wants to open our eyes to an awakening moment that will help us thrive in every part of our being. So we invite you on this adventure with us as we listen, learn, and grow together. Okay, Laura, we're going to open up with a few icebreakers. These okay. are called our random questions. Random questions. All right. Okay, you Let's ready? Go. Yes. Okay, this is a funny one. But who was your craziest and most interesting teacher? Oh, Oh my crazy. Oh sorry. I gotta start over again. That's not the one we chose. <laughs> <laughs> you can I'll pause like, for a minute. Know. <laughs> I know. Actually, I've got a good one for Mr. that. Another Peacock. time. That's oh, another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Okay, Laura, I've got a good random icebreaker question for you today. Okay. All right. What game have you spent the most hours playing? Oh, okay. Um, I'm not really a huge gamer, like you're talking like video game or something like that, right? Yeah. Like not so much a board game, but no, like no, a no, video like game, a video game or whatever. Yeah. Phone I, game, whatever. Yeah. Phone game. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really a huge gamer. The only games I have on my phone are like Boggle, which I know is really funny. <laughs> so occasionally I'll play Boggle because I really <laughs> like Boggle, I like word games. That is so But great. the game I spent the most time on and to the point where like my kids were making comments about how much time I was spending on my phone while I was playing this game was um, Sally Salon. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even take it. Okay, so, tell us about Sally so Salon. Sally how does this Salon work? was just like an app game. Oh I don't even know gosh. how I came across it. And it was one of these app games where like you have to complete the level. So you have customers come into the store <laughs> and you have multiple customers that are coming in the store and you have to treat them. Um, you have to give them all of their, you know, do all, all their products and give them all their, and, you, and the more that come in, like it goes faster and faster and faster and you have to complete each, um, you know, each stage of the game. And I think it goes to like, oh my gosh, I don't know how many levels. I think it was like, like a hundred levels. Like it's like a lot of levels. You just, you got to keep going and then it keeps getting faster and they keep bringing more customers in and you've got to juggle all the different parts and you have to, it's a timing thing. And if you don't complete it, then you don't complete that level and you have to keep doing it and keep doing it. So yeah, there was one summer I spent the entire summer defeating the entire game of Sally Salon. <laughs> okay, that is super funny. And I did not know that about you. That's actually so funny. Sally Salon. Anytime I drive past Sally's, I don't think of you. Sally Sa- Salon. Sally Salon. Yeah. Oh my yeah, God. It was, it was a lot that of fun. That is a yeah. riot. Pastime. Oh, I love it. Well, I'm not much of a gamer either, but growing up, we had an Atari. I remember oh, we got the yes. Atari. It was a big deal. Yes. One of our neighbor boys got a new system and gave it to us. Oh. And I mean, it was it was the Miele family oh. who would get the best of everything and so it wasn't just like one game it was like 50 games and I think I remember coming to your house to play video games I think I remember yeah you on the Atari it was a big deal all of those and it was a big deal I think yeah. you had like a knockoff like a cheaper <laughs> version of it but yeah I remember coming to your house and playing that okay and I'm so sad we got rid of it why now it'd be worth a fortune no, and I actually Rhonda, I'm sorry to say you could there's no TVs it could hook up to. Oh, now. I guess so, eh? Oh, I guess. Because <laughs> it was so awesome. Okay, there was two games I loved. Okay. One was called Shark Shark. Oh. And it was, you started as a little tiny fish and the fish, you had to eat fish smaller than you and you grow bigger and bigger, but a shark would come and try to eat you. 
And it, but if you bit the shark on the tail so many times, it would like go away. And oh. then you would get bigger and bigger, but the shark would come back faster and turn faster. Okay, I defeated the game that I got booted out so many times because the, I couldn't go any higher. It would just stop playing. So I was the master of Shark Shark and Burger Time. Anyone who knows retro games, I'm looking, still looking for a, like a larger at- Atari version, like a, a video version of it. Yes, like a jukebox, like, yeah, yeah. like a unit, a standalone. I loved Burger Time. It was this crazy. So you had you to make a hamburger. One, if you find one, you're buying it. I'm buying it. Like it, you would be making a burger <laughs> and I love burgers, but it was called burger time. So, okay. That's my old day, younger days, but recent, I would say when I was in my twenties up where I'm really sad now because the app has been discontinued Tetris. Any the, the app doesn't exist anymore. Not the one I had it shut down. It gave you my, like a year, a year countdown to was closing down. I was so sad. Ooh. I've probably played Tetris for like 20 years. It would be just those, like if yeah. I was just. It's a good game. Yeah. After dinner, if I just wanted to have a brain, like almost like a puzzle. Yeah. Loved Tetris. So there you go. That's a good one. Those that are funny. funny. Okay. Sally. Sally Salon <laughs> and Boggle. <laughs> those are awesome. Okay. We love that. Okay. Last question for today. All right. What movie can you watch over and over without ever getting tired of it? Oh my god. That's goodness. a special question because not yes, many movies can fit yes, into that. Yes. Uh, there's a, I have a couple. I have a couple on my list for sure that are go-tos that I can watch over and over again. Okay. I love um, The Notebook. I, I can watch the... I've okay. probably watched The Notebook like, I don't know. I don't even know. 30 times, probably more maybe. I don't know. I love it. You're such romantic at I heart. I love... <gasps> and I cry. I cry every time. Oh. But you know what other movie I love? And I've probably... I, not 30 times, but maybe watched it 10 times eight times the shack i love the shack <gasps> okay it's just so moving and so Aww. impactful and um the other one is dan in real life <laughs> okay that's a funny movie that's that a movie. great one dan in real life i could watch that one over again and, over. and again and again yeah yeah so those are three. Oh, i love yeah. that yeah okay there's not many movies i could watch over and over but the one i watch every year oh i know you know what it is Lord of the Rings. Oh my gosh. Like that's a big commitment. Yeah. That's why I watch it at <laughs> Christmas time. Cause I don't just watch Lord of the Rings. Now that there's a Hobbit, it's a ridiculous amount of time, but that I could watch over and over wow. and over. I need to rewatch it. I don't even know if I've even seen oh. them all. I don't even think I've seen them all. Okay. That would be my go-to too long. <laughs> I know. So that's six <laughs> movies. That's six movies. And they're like three hours each. So it's massive. So we literally watch like half a movie each night. And it's all the Christmas break. And now I'm so pumped. Last year was the first year my kids decided to watch it with me. And they totally got hooked and loved it. So now it's like our tradition now is Lord of the Rings. Like that's, it's like my favorite, favorite movie of all time. All time, like all time. So I am not so much a romantic as I am. I love fantasy and that kind of action i love that but i love those movies those are great movies that's that's a fun little trivia well not trivia but get to know you yeah, okay random yeah for sure okay so i love that conversation so conversation so talking about random we're just going to quickly randomly switch gears here switch gears yeah into something much more profound <laughs> and actually pretty deep yeah. and it's been stirred off some of our messages yeah but talking about promises we've made covenants with god and just talking a little bit about have we made a promise to God that we've broken and or have we made a covenant to God that we have broken? And so I think that would be a really good conversation to have today. And uh, so yeah. we can just pivot from that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, 
Yeah, that is definitely a deep question and uh, a deep thought. You know, at first thought, I can't, I can't really think about any covenants that I've made with the Lord, like personally, you know what I mean? Like personally, my prayer time where I've been like, okay, God, like I promise to, and then list, you know, da, 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 or like write it down and sign it or something like that. Now, what does come to mind is a time kind of growing up in church, maybe, or even like youth group, a young adult, kind of that age. And even maybe even as a youth pastor, I may have even done this. I'm, I'm, I can't think specifically, but, but it was kind of the time during then, um, where, you know, you would lead, uh, the youth pastor would lead you through, all right, we're going to make this covenant to God and we're going to sign it a purity covenant, you know, that we're going to stay pure mm. until marriage. Or, you know, I remember there was a big, um, a big teaching at one time about the Nazarite vow, you know, not to, you know, never to drink alcohol. And I think there was a couple of things in the Nazarite vow and uh, how you were going to conduct yourself. And so, you know, you'd get young people to sign this and kind of make this commitment and this covenant to God. And, um, and then what, you know, what that would do from there. And I think it's an interesting conversation because, you know, we're going through the book of Nehemiah and um, there's this portion of scripture uh, in that, in, in the book of Nehemiah where the people do this. They, they make this grandiose covenant to God to sort of make up for how they've failed before, how they've failed God, how they've let God down, how they have not kept their side of what God has asked them to do. And so they make this grandiose covenant to say, we're going to do all of these things. We're sorry, you know, and here, and they begin to lay out, you know, these promises that they want to make and make this covenant to God. And it's interesting to think about it because, you know, when it comes to covenants, like our, any covenants that we make or any promises that we make, they come out of our desire or our aspirations mm. or who we want to be, who we're striving or trying to be or to become. Whereas like when God makes a covenant with us, his people, or when he makes a promise, his promise is based on who he is, not like who he wants to be, not not a an aspiration. It's based on who he is, a truth in who he is. And so it's absolute. Mm-hmm. There's no, it does not, like it, it absolutely stands where even just that in and of itself is such an interesting thing to think about. Mm. Those differences, the differences between, you know, God and his promises and the promises that he has for us all through his word and the covenant that he made starting first with his his people, the children of Israel, moving all the way to sending his son and into the new covenant and the new promise and the poured out Holy Spirit, the guarantee of our salvation, you know, coming into that new side of the covenant. It's an absolute because it's who he is and he cannot fail and he cannot lie and he he's absolutely trustworthy. So even that, it almost makes it feel like, what is the point of us making covenants? Mm. We can't really do it, mm-hmm. you know, in comparison to who God is and how God um, holds to his promises for us and to us and with us. Because it does say in the Bible, like, to be very careful the vows you make. It does make a warning to that. But even as you're just sharing that about God and his covenant, you know, 
what a security. Like even when you just stop and think about how God has kept his word, when you read Genesis and now here we are, the last book to be fulfilled is Revelation. He has fulfilled every single generation, every single season of life, his word and his covenant has stayed past. And you look at Israel today from Genesis to like, God has fulfilled to make them a nation. Like God will continue to protect that nation. God has a plan for Israel till the very end of time. You know, nothing will take that nation out. No matter what we read in the news, God has a plan and it's an absolute truth and plan. But what a promise. When you think about that's the God that we rely on, it's absolute, trustworthy, that no matter what we're facing, he's kept his word always. He never fails, but it does warn us in making vows to God. And, uh, you know, I can think back to a time I have made a covenant with God and probably like, even as we were about to talk about this conversation, I was like, Lord, I've ever made it. And I was like, I don't think so. And then the Holy Spirit brought one right to mind. I was like, yes, I have made one covenant. Yeah. I remember assigning those things in youth, really not knowing, like even making that, it wasn't like, I was like, yeah, you know, everyone's exciting and signing the paper. But I remember this sounds really dramatic, but it, it actually was like almost like a movie, like a dramatic moment in my life. I had gone to university. I felt a summoning call to ministry at nine years old. It was a very sovereign time in my life. My life changed, like literally changed a whole 180 degrees. I became really was transformed in that moment with God. And we've talked about that before. And it really was something I always looked back at, pivoted my whole life from. It was a moment in time that changed my life. And so all through my growing up years as teen, as a teenager, I was focused on going into ministry, really felt like that's, I knew that that's where God had called me and I'd felt the summon. I love that word. It's a book I'm reading. It's called The Summon. I love that. A really sacred summon. And um, anyway, when I became a, a teenager, I decided to go to university, all focused on becoming a worship pastor with teaching as my side, you know, not knowing what the plan would be with jobs and all of those things. Anyways, I ended up leaving university and coming to Ottawa I gone to university in the States and everything dried up. It literally was, I was working three jobs that were terrible, terrible, like nothing where I wanted to go. I had gone to an amazing school, had awesome. It was like God was shutting doors, even in Canada, like transferring my, my, um, all my university education, everything was closing. And it was just, I hit this place of just real despair. Like, have you left me? Did I hear wrong? Like when I was nine, did I lie so much as a kid? Cause I did lie a lot as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually started saying, did You're I? You're questioning even the yeah. encounter. Wow. Yeah. Wow, did wow. I lie so much that I actually lied wow. about this and have believed something wow. that wasn't true? I knew that wasn't the case. The but enemy, the great accuser is such a liar that he would even yeah. put that in your mind. Wow. Absolutely. Wow, wow, like wow. I struggled all the way thinking I probably even lied myself into that. And I actually hit a point of despair in that season of my life. And I, I didn't know what to do. I was here in Ottawa, not, and nothing was opening and I'm not French. And my university was like in the States, not being recognized in Canada. And it was just this really difficult season that I was in. A lot of good was happening, but at the same token, a lot of just conflict, internal conflict. And I remember in one night I was living with you at the time and it was, you had, you, I, you lived near a field. It was like a school and it was pouring rain and I was just distraught in my time with the Lord. And it might've been like 12 o'clock, one o'clock in the morning. I left the house. 
I ran into the middle of the field, literally like a movie. The rain is pouring on me and I'm shouting at God in the field. Like I was so filled with literally resentment, anger, like starting to get bitter, almost like, what are you doing? Are you teasing me? Like, have you, have I followed you all these years for you now to be like, no, change of plans. You know, literally I was so upset and I was just yelling into the sky and I just said, if you have me to go in ministry, if I, that was true, you are going to open the doors. And I promise you, I make a co- I promise you, I don't know if I said a covenant, but mm-hmm. I promise for the rest of my life, I will stay in ministry and give my life to you. If you open the door for ministry, if at nine years old, that was real. And that is exactly what you've called me to. And I might've been what, 21 at the time. I was like, I promise I will follow you in ministry the rest of my life. Well, it wasn't that much long after, you know, I ended up coming on at the school, an opportunity opened up, I ended up opening up a music, you know, a self-employed. And then at 27, I walked into full-time ministry, pretty miraculous. Suddenly the door opened and it was a miraculous season. And then, uh, you know, I look back, you know, about eight years later, I decided it's time to leave ministry full-time. So I walked away from a promise I made that I would say, if you open that door, I'm in for the rest of my life. I'll lay myself down and follow ministry. Now, did I still serve at the church? Yes. Did I walk away from God? No, nothing like that. But I walked away from full-time ministry instead of dealing with some of this stuff in my heart. Now, God turned it for good. But those seven years that I was away from ministry were really difficult years. Uh, Thank you, Jesus, that you know, I had a deep rooted relationship with God, a strong marriage, but we went through cancer during that time. But that's, I've, I've, I've also preached about it, but that's a time where I started making more money than I ever could make. I was getting crazy affirmation, validation, identity and work in money, in things, in esteem, accolades, achievement. And it started feeding this part of my spirit, of my flesh, not my spirit, my flesh, that actually I was loving. And ministry, that voice of ministry was getting quieter and quieter. I was still serving at the church, but very much just serving on my own terms, not laying my life down for ministry as I had yelled in the field to do. And by the mercy of God, he began to speak, and it took me three years to turn that ship around and responded with nothing in sight when I took the step to leave um, business, nothing in sight for ministry, really taking a step of faith. And to this day, I am so thankful. I know I've spoken about it before. And I honestly, I have to sometimes just stop because I get so emotional about it because honestly, I don't know where I'd be today. I don't know where my marriage would be. I don't know where my family would be. Like it, it literally could have completely derailed my life, but that was a promise I made to the Lord. And in his mercy, it says that we remain, when we're faithless, he remains faithful. So I know that scripture because I was faithless in a promise. I was faithless to a very big promise that he sacredly summoned me to, that I then attached myself to, then made a promise to, that he fulfilled in his perfect timing that I then decided was not good enough or not right. And the enemy took full advantage. Now, we went through a lot of stuff with Jay's cancer, but took full advantage of feeding on a real weakness of my spirit that I didn't even know when I was in ministry because that's not why you go into ministry. You don't go into ministry to be like, oh, I'm going to have all of these things. Not in Canada, at least. Like that was, that's not actually ministry. It was laying down all of that 
But all that to say, like, I actually have to stop myself from unraveling in emotion because it literally could have derailed my entire life. But I was faithless in a promise. And so the mercy of God, though, to bring us back. But I do know that my life would be very different had I not responded to once again the merciful voice of God to bring me back to a promise to a call he had for me but to a promise that I had made that is actually something he had for me it was actually something he had and uh, I I can see the fruitfulness these past you know four or five years of what God has he redeemed that whole season when I look back I am eternally grateful for those seven years of going a different journey because coming back into this journey, there's things that I had taken for granted was f- had cozy up to the you know companions of familiarity, cozied up to things that were just taken that now I look at that I think, wow, I know what it's like to be outside of what God has asked me to do. And it looked good for a season. But boy, that bait, that was rotten fruit. But boy, I took a big bite of that apple. So I'm no different than Eve. We could look at Eve and get all mad. Like, oh, that Eve. I know I've said that. Like, Eve, why'd you take the bite? I've taken the bite. And I continue to. I am by far not perfect. But I do say that was a sacred moment in that field that I made a promise to God that I would follow, that I did not keep my word in. But you know what? God has remained faithful. And like Israel, all through time, how many times did they make a promise? Fail. But God... And they went through a hard time. And sometimes it was hundreds of years of slavery, of oppression, of being destroyed, hundreds. But God, we look at Israel today. If we ever want a question, just look at the land of Israel. That is in itself a miracle of God's covenant keeping power. So I want to say like that's the faithfulness of God. So even some of you listening today, you might feel like, wow, I made a promise to God and I, I failed. You know what? Today's a day to get on your knees and repent and confess. And his mercies are new. And it says, as far as the east is from the west, he removes our transgressions from us. And when we're faithless, he remains faithful. And that's why I think many of us, when we sing the songs, you know, you've been faithful. All my life you have been faithful. Your goodness is running after me. This is the exact humility. It brings us to our knees. And so, yeah, we've got to be careful on the things that we do say because they are they are sacred before the lord but even in what we say his mercy and his forgiveness does not run short Um, but it does bring us down without it brings us down a very it can bring us down a very unique path that without turning can be a very destructive path maybe accelerated i don't know maybe not but it does warn us in making vows it does and there's a reason for that because not only are we making them out loud to god there's an enemy that hears those vows too. Like, he really, when we're making these sacred stand in the ground markers, you know, so anyway, that's wow. kind of my, a little bit of my story as we've been talking about yeah. this. I've just been reflecting a little bit about that season and, uh, and uh, how faithful God is. And I think that just brings us back when we talk about covenants right back to him. Yes. Yes. Wow. That w- that's a powerful testimony and a powerful story even of God's grace mm-hmm. in your life and God's favor. And I, you know, I think about where you are now, even in your leadership and even the favor that God has given you, but also the, um, like the weight of leadership that you're carrying in this season. And, and part of me wonders if, 
you know, you had never taken those years to wander would you have ever come into this side Mm -hmm. because it did open up the the odd thing was when you did come back into ministry um like you said when the lord started speaking to you there was no opportunity for that Mm -hmm. and um like there was no opportunity for a place as a worship pastor and so even the mindset of like well what am i going to do like what this is my skill this is like what i you know this is my gift this is my skill so even for you to allow the lord to expand your mind on not that you not that you didn't have other skills but do you know what i mean in terms of ministry Mm. you know it it, you can you can kind of get locked into a certain aspect whereas the lord you know an opportunity came you know in a different role Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. you said absolutely Mm -hmm. and everything has flourished under your leadership as you've again said yes to God and responded to you know his his grace and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit within you and mm-hmm. and you get to lead worship too so it's mm-hmm. all it's so good and it's so beautiful to watch this redemption happen through your life and through your story but I do think you have a powerful story especially when it comes to calling and walking out that calling and you know this part that you're that we're talking about today like you know where have you made a promise to God or where have you made a covenant to God even like and we say covenant meaning like a promise like 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 I promise to and then we make this commitment we make this commitment and we hope there's something on the other side of that we're doing it it's there's sometimes a condition something we're looking for some an exchange that we're looking for from God in the midst of that promise but you know I wonder too um, because as you were talking and even in your own story you mentioned that you know, you were wrestling your calling and your life wasn't where you wanted it to be. And you had all these dreams and all these aspirations and, you know, kind of had to come to the end of yourself in that moment. And even when you said in the timeline, like seven years later, Mm -hmm. like it didn't happen for seven more years. That's a long time when you're in the seven years. Mm -hmm. That is a long time to kind of come to the end of yourself and be like, God, like, how come you haven't come through for me? Like, from the time of nine years old so now for like 15 years Mm -hmm. you've been carrying this this um promise nothing another seven years before an opportunity opens up for Mm -hmm. you to kind of step into ministry and so i just think you know our lives never unroll the way that we imagine that they will so true and yet god is faithful but can we trust him in the journey when we don't see mm. what we believe we're supposed to see or what we want it want to see mm. how we want it to go and then um yeah and then the next season of stepping into ministry and giving it wholeheartedly and you did like you brought it wholeheartedly but still having some discontent in that Mm -hmm. and I wonder if there's a connection between the promises we make and even as you're listening today like start to think about what promises have you made to God like what have you said like God like I promise like I will Mm -hmm. never Mm -hmm. and you maybe put something behind that are they connected to something that's going to be an area of struggle in your life, an area where the enemy actually wants to get hold of. And in a moment, right? Like in a moment Mm -hmm. with the Lord, you feel this deep conviction around this area, like almost like maybe, you know, or maybe not consciously, you might not even be aware that this is going to be a sideline of your life. 
and it it causes you in in a moment with the Lord, an overwhelming moment with the Lord, or maybe even in a time when you feel his presence really, really strongly, or maybe in a time, like you said, of like major wrestling, like a Jacob moment, like I am not going to let you go until you bless me. I will not let you go. Like it can come through hardship too. It's not always through Mm -hmm. like an encounter with God, but it could be all of those things. Does it come out of this space, like a warning to our life to say like, this is going to be a constant space of struggle, you know? And like for you, you've had to wrestle this out. You've had to lay this down. You've had to sort this out to the point of even saying like, okay, well, I'm going to walk away, not from Jesus and not from Mm -hmm. your faith per se, but definitely your call and definitely this promise, you know? But it was part of the wrestle of the journey too. And I've seen other people and walked along with people who have um, made vows like, I will never drink. I will never drink another day in my life. And it's almost like, it's almost like they know, or maybe are not Hmm. super conscious of it in the moment, but they know that this will be a problem for them Hmm. in their life and in their future. I will, I will never drink. I will never drink. I've, I've watched people do this and then not keep the promise and watched things like alcohol, things like drugs, take them out. Like Hmm. their lives have unraveled because they didn't hold to what they committed or what they promised to the Lord. And so, so yeah, it's a really, really deep and powerful thing to reflect on. Have there been Mm -hmm. things that I have promised that I have said, God, like hold me to this. And I wonder why, if there's a connection between, Mm. you know, a way that the enemy literally wants to take us out take us out completely and not necessarily out of relationship with God. We may still be in relationship with God, but not doing what we know we're supposed to be doing. Wow. That's a profound connection. I've never thought of it like that. I think that's the awakening moment. I think literally that like when you think just even taking like that story personally, when you're thinking about when I'm thinking through that lens, exactly struggling with was I really called? Am I really called? Am I qualified? Is it true? I struggled with that even and what, in and ministry. What you want out of life, right? That's right. Like I want to be successful. That's right. I want to achieve. I That's want right. even. Are you withholding from me? Even financial, yeah. like yeah. financially, I want financial. Ac- yeah. Like I want yeah. you want like you wanted that, right? So the wrestle of having yeah. to lay that down, yeah, right, is yeah. I don't know. That's a good and knowing that that would take a hold. Like even knowing that, that that would actually destroy my life. I could have all those things and still love God, but have lots of debris in my life, lots of brokenness in my life. I don't even know where I'd be. I don't even know. And maybe the, ultimately might cost you totally, your faith. Totally, it totally. Because like I was on a fast. Cost. Yeah, I know exactly. So that's a really, that's a really interesting lens to look at some of those promises through of why you made it and how those could actually indicate a much deeper struggle or vulnerability of a bait, like where your bait is, where you'll easily take the hook will go in and you'll bait it. Like the enemy could bait you that that could be one of your really big vulnerabilities. So that's an interesting, wow, that's a really profound Lord. I'm going to be thinking about that for the rest of today. That's, that's a really important thing to ask ourselves that like even in whatever season you're in, whatever you're ready to say, Okay, God, if you, why am I saying that? Like, what is, yeah, 
What is that there? One of the most impactful parts of the message, um, you know, that we're kind of pulling this, this thought from, uh, for me was, you know, how the Lord actually, um, didn't receive this covenant that the people made. And, and I, I just, I started to think about, um, how often in our own walks with the Lord, do we go through a season of falling, of failing, of, you know, just where maybe our, our devotion is not there, our, we, we get distracted, we get sidelined, we get, you know, and we come back to God and we come back with promises. Oh God, I'm so sorry. Like I'm going to, I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to da 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 da. And we, we put all of these kind of lofty ideas and all of it is in a way to sort of earn back our favor with God, our sense of being in right standing with God, mm. our sense of wanting to like be right with God again. And if we really believe to this truth that, you know, like we are sinful and we're in inca- like, we're actually incapable of keeping a promise. Like we're not capable of it. I mean, we're really not because we fail and we fall and, 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 we have a sin nature and we have a flesh and we have a war that's happening inside of us. God is the only one that's capable of fully keeping his promise because Mm -hmm. his promises are based on his character and who Mm -hmm. he is. And we can trust fully in that. And what he has given us is enough. And it's the only thing we need. And it is what sets Christianity apart from all other religions is that there is actually nothing we can promise God in order to earn what he's already freely given us by Hmm. grace. The promise has been given to us by grace and just must be received by faith. Hmm. There's nothing else that we can actually offer God, Hmm. you know? So even in those moments, and I wonder if this is part of the reflection that, you know, each of us need to bring before the Lord is how we approach God, especially when our life is not where we believe it should be. Do we believe that God has already provided everything we need and are we stepping in to receive that by faith or are we again coming to God to say, okay, if you will, if you will give me these things, if you will show yourself to me, if you will provide, if you will, you know, open this door for me, then I will, da, 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 where actually what God is saying is I already have. Hmm. I already have. Will you receive what I've given you by faith? Because it is just who I am. So even like, it's almost like there's a flaw in us and an earning in us and a, a striving and a trying to attain somehow something that God has already freely given by his grace. And, and yeah, like this is, an inner reflection I think that we all need to take before the Lord and how do we flesh this out in our everyday walking out of our faith with the Lord how do we actually stop trying to earn our way back into good standing with God or earn our way back into our calling or earn our way back into Mm. you know what we believe we're supposed to be doing or what we've been called to do so good. And even when we're making our promises, we are making, like you're talking about, make for what we want. We don't even know that there's a saying, my Jay always says, be careful what you wish for. He always tells the girls that, you know, sometimes you're like, I wish I had this. And then if you had that, 
you don't really know sometimes what you're asking for. Like you may be asked for A, B, C, D. You don't know what that could be and what you could handle. God knows. So instead of saying, this is what I want, who, what do we even know? We, we don't even know. We can't even make our heartbeat. Like God does that. Our breath, he does that. So really, even that alone is a very much an interest, like a proud, like I want this. We don't even know. Be like a little toddler saying to a mother, I want this. You're like, if only you knew. I want more cookies. <laughs> Give me more cookies. Give me more. Right? Exactly. You like little tantrum. So many cookies, you, you barf. You're going to barf. And it's so not good. And I got this amazing, your favorite meal planned for you. And if you just wait an hour, you're going to have the most amazing meal, but you can't have the cookies. You've had enough cookies. We are literally like toddlers before the Lord having tantrums, demanding our way with no ability to actually lead ourselves because we're blindly in the blind. We're as vulnerable as you thinking of a little toddler placing in the middle of the busiest street and say, okay, find your way back home. There's no way. We are literally like that in this world without the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So even that laying down, even saying, God, I don't even know what I need, but you do. And I thank you that even me asking of things, even if I ask, I surrender that knowing that if this is not your will for me or your best, not my will, but your will, you live. My life has been bought with a price. Your My life is yours. And even saying it gives good joy. God delights in giving good gifts to his kids. But a good gift for you, Lord, may not be a good gift for me. And that's the thing. We want what others have because we think, that looks like an awesome gift. Yeah, it may be flourishing your life, but for me, I might, it might actually destroy me. I can see someone down there do amazing in their business, flourish with money and accolades, and all, but it actually, for me, I have that, it would destroy me. It would become my idol. We don't know what gifts we can handle. We don't know what is a good gift in our lives could also be a destructive in someone else's. We don't know. And that's why God, we have to trust the giver of all good gifts. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the father of lights, whom is no shadow of turning. He has no partiality. He's not giving good gifts to you and not so good. There's no partiality, but he knows the journey. He knows our significance and he knows our vulnerabilities. And there's a purpose attached to it all. So we've got to trust him and lay it down. But even you saying that, like it really is every gift in your life is a perfect gift for you. A perfect stewardship capacity, a perfect ability to manage what's been given to you. And we have to trust God in that journey because we, we actually can't see. We don't know. So it comes back again and again and yeah. again to surrender. Surrender. It's always, always back to surrender always. because again, always. I mean, even as we're, well, even as we're having the conversation, I do. I feel a conviction because how many times have I come to the Lord and been discontent with what is in front of me, with what He's given me, or wanting more, or you know, wanting? Uh, how come I ha- like? How come we haven't done this, or how come I haven't experienced this, or how come you know this hasn't happened yet, or like how often have have I been? discontent with where I am or what is happening in the present moment of my life where like what if that is exactly where I'm supposed to be and I'm literally like the toddler being like but I want another cookie give me like that imagery is it's so powerful because we do we do that again Mm -hmm. and again and again and I feel like you know for those who are listening especially if you're in 
the wrestle that Rhonda described of like, God, like, where are you? Like, you promised me these things. Like, these are the things that, you know, you called me to. Like, I know you've called me to these things. How come I'm not seeing them? When you're in the painful, like, just wrestle of that moment, that Jacob moment. God, why haven't you blessed me? You promised that you'd bring blessing to me and my family. Like why? And you're in the pain of it. Like I just encourage you a fresh lay it down because what if what God has placed in your hands right now today is all he has for you right now today, Mm. because that is actually what you need. That is where you're going to find life. That is where you're going to find fulfillment. He has designed it that way. It may not be where you are in 10 years. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Only he knows. Mm -hmm. But can you trust him? And can you trust him to open the doors? And if he never opens the doors, you think he's supposed to open. Can you be okay with that? Because again, we're only here for a blip. Like this is a blip in light of eternity, in light of the fullness Mm. of what is going to be revealed to us in the life to come. Mm. This is just such a small part of the fullness of our destiny and purpose and what we were created for and how we were created to bring glory to God. It's a small, broken, frail part of it. Can we find contentment and believe that God is sovereign and what he has placed in your hands today is what you can handle is what he's given and are you being faithful or are you looking somewhere else are you constantly looking somewhere else for something else that is to come instead of seeing what god has placed in your hands to steward to steward well to give back to god as an as a love offering and thank him and continue Mm. to walk in the doors that he has and the good works that he has prepared for you to walk in like, I think, again, it comes down to that is the wrestle and that's the surrender. And I, like, I feel that I really mm-hmm. do because I've, I've been there. Like, I've really, really been there where I've just been like, oh, I want this. I want this. I'm not content here. Oh, and I, you know, and you kind of go in your own strength. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. So Lord, forgive me for those times that I have done that. And forgive me for the ways that I'm doing that even in my life right now. May I lay down and just surrender every desire that Mm -hmm. I have before you and may I be faithful with what you've placed in my hands today in this moment called to today and may I bring glory to your name through what you've given me today to walk in Mm. just want to be obedient just want to be faithful good I know because as we were sharing we're speaking to our own selves like we're reflecting we're asking the Lord to do that same work in us like where have we depended on ourselves to determine what is the best for us versus laying down? You know, even for some of you listening, you might be going through a really painful journey where, you know, you may have been believing for something and it has completely disintegrated. And it's like the greatest desire of your heart, the greatest dream of your heart. We're not saying that, you know, God will bring you through the grief. He says he turns our mourning to dancing in the sense or seasons of mourning that move to dancing. But the thing is, it's not, it's not how fast we get to the other side. It's a, it's the journey in it. That exactly what you're saying, Lord, every day there's enough grace, strength, and peace that's available for you to know that God's going to get you through to the next step, to the next step, to the next phase that one day you'll look back and say, wow, the faithful love of the God brought me through because what if that dream never comes what if you've been like putting all this time energy money focus you've been everything it's all you've wanted 
and now it's not happening and there's no way it's going to happen. You can trust that God, yeah, it may be your whole life, a little part of your heart that you have to constantly lay down. Doesn't mean it just goes away. There's things that we just have to sometimes, depending on the depth, and we have to keep laying down. There's sins we have to keep laying down, but even those dreams and desires, you may look around and say, like, for example, you know, I, I received a text from someone just saying, you know, they've been trying to have a baby and it's been such a difficult journey and they've kind of had their last shot at something and you just think like, wow, what if that in their reality, that's the dying of that dream? What does that look like? Their whole life, that could be that constant laying down saying, God, I trust you, that there's a plan. Do you see it here? You may not know the mystery of it, but may you have peace today and know that God's perfect gift is not just in things, but also in his peace, in his promises, in his presence. All of those things are the greatest gifts, but may you be able to receive that today, no matter where you are on that journey, that you're not alone. God has not forsaken you. God is not teasing you, withholding from you, but that God is working all things together for good. And it may not be the good you've chosen. That's the reality. Not all of our situations when I are good that we've chosen, but that we can choose the good from what he has chosen for us in our journeys. And that that is something that we only have when we are in that. It's something that we can't do in our own strength. It is really supernatural. But know that the supernatural God's with you. And so even as we're talking about promises and covenants and even promises that if we're going through something, we're thinking, if only you give me this, then I will. And you know, God knows, God knows. And, you know, yeah. I think of Hannah. Yeah. Hannah made a big promise mm-hmm. with Samuel. Right. But she followed through in her promise, but that, co- she that didn't, cost her. that cost yeah. her everything. But yeah. she did receive, yeah. you know, that, that promise, but she gave back and for the rest of her life, that was it. Like that promise yeah. she followed through with. But there are those moments but that we have stepped into those places. But if you feel that you've maybe failed in that area, when I say failed, been faithless like we are just repent and confess don't pick up shame don't pick up all of this condemnation because condemnation is not of christ jesus there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus so may you pick up repent through repentance forgiveness and peace and may you pick up say strength may you pick up hope may you pick up life may you pick up a promise that god is working all things together and so yeah it's good no it's really really good And I think too, like at the heart of this conversation, like we really want to uh, focus on that God is faithful. He is. He is faithful and we can trust his promise. We can trust what he's promised us in the word of God. We can trust who he is because he is without sin. And so he is ultimately trustworthy. He is Mm -hmm. light. He only has good for us, even if we don't see that good here on this broken earth. He only has good in mind for us, for our ultimate good, for his ultimate glory. And so, you know, you don't have to make a conditional promise to God in order to get him to move on your behalf. Hmm. He hears your prayers. He knows the desires of your heart. But what we do have to do constantly and continually, and this conversation is only a reminder of it, a painful reminder of it is we do have to continually surrender because we don't know if what it is that we desire or want or see or even believe that it's come from God. Ultimately, we don't know if we're going to see it. And, you know, I think of the men and the women of old, you know, the, the 
the, the faith chapter in Hebrews where again and again and again, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, they did not see the fullness of what was promised, but God was still faithful and he absolutely kept his promise. He, mm. he did exactly what he said he would do, but they didn't get to see it in the way that it unfolded. And that could be true for us too. And I think the other part is just to remember that like our covenants fail. And even if you've made a promise to God and you've made a covenant to God, but you failed, you've fallen on that promise. You probably have. If you've mm-hmm. made a promise, you've probably failed because we're not capable of perfectly holding to a promise that we've made but maybe take that back before the lord and revisit why you made that promise in the first place and just see what is there and see if that is a space where the enemy maybe has wanted to take advantage of you in your life or thwart the plan that god has for you and again lay all of this down you don't have to make those promises you just have to trust in the promises of god and what Mm. he's already provided for you so just know that he's there to bring healing and where you have fallen as Rhonda has said just bring that in confession bring that in repentance and let God pour out his absolute abundant grace and mercy and faithfulness into your life because he will restore everything that has been stolen everything and more Mm. and more and and that is just who he is so good so in closing we encourage you exactly what Lori said focus on keep your attention on your king your promise covenant faithful trustworthy king he will lead and guide you and he will not fail you so may you feel that encouragement in your spirit today yeah and hold fast to his promises not just in your own hold fast to his promises to the promises that are in his word to what he has promised and know by faith that you have received them in Saint Jesus name amen <laughs> we do we in agree Jesus with name, you <laughs> we align with you in Jesus name amen. have a wonderful wonderful rest of your day well this has been a heavy hearted but beautiful conversation beautiful. today so we just give this all back to the Lord and we hope you have an amazing day and we love you so much thank you for joining us today on the awakening moments podcast we pray that you are filled with hope and joy as you navigate the challenges of life and we would love for you to subscribe to this podcast or share it with your friends And remember, you are so loved by God and he is always with you.